engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer together. We're going to pray for the church, for the nation, for each other. Leave your prayer intentions in the comments, if you wish, so that we all know how to pray for you more specifically. And let's put ourselves in the presence of the Lord and prepare to listen to His Word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we Thank you and we praise you. You are alone are holy. You alone are Lord. We worship you and your Son and your Spirit. We rejoice that we share not only the knowledge that you exist, but we share in your very life and we experience your salvation. Lord, let us experience the reality of your power day by day in our times of prayer and in the way that you rescue us from evil, the evil that others do. But first and foremost, rescue us from the evil that we do or are tempted to do. We repent of our sins. We welcome the repentance of others from their sins. We stand ready to forgive. We stand ready to fulfill your great commission. Bless us now and always through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I want to go to St. Paul's letter to the Romans and just read for you one passage today from Romans chapter 8 and reflect on it in terms of how we pray. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. And the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is not just you who live. It is Christ living in you. It is not just that you hear the word of God when it is proclaimed. It is Christ proclaiming it to you. It is not just that you believe or that you hope or that you love. It's God infusing you with the ability to do that with a superhuman strength. It is not just your human life that you are living you have become partakers of the divine nature. You're living life of a supernatural kind. This is the context in which we understand the words of this reading. God doesn't just sit back and watch us try to do the things that He commands and try to avoid the things that He prohibits. God is living in us, working through us, accomplishing His purposes along with us, You know, we read at the end of Mark's Gospel, for example, after the apostles were given the Great Commission, they go out to preach the Gospel to every creature, as Jesus told them. And it said, The Lord worked with them throughout, confirming the Word by His signs and wonders. 
This is always the case. God is not out far out there watching us from a distance. Everything we are thinking and speaking and doing and loving and forgiving and serving and self-sacrificing, we are in God and God is in us accomplishing these purposes. So it is true with prayer. And that's what Paul is saying in this particular passage. He says, look, we don't know how to pray. When you think about it, prayer is a, it's an awesome thing. You're going into the presence of the Almighty. You're talking to a being who is infinitely greater than you are. How do you even begin to do that? Let's think about it for a moment. If you were going to have a meeting with you know, a king, let's say King, uh, king Charles over there in England, or you were going to have a meeting with uh, uh, the president or some other dignitary, you know, you'd, you'd kind of think about it for, for a few minutes, right? I mean, what, what am I going to say? How am I, going, how am I supposed to behave in the presence of this person? Uh, some people will worry about that more than others, but you get the point I'm making. You, you, you're going to think, you know, is there a right way to address this person? Or what should I say? Or what should I not say? So you think about coming into the presence of the Almighty God. That should stir us with a certain awe. And make us think, you know, do we even know how to do this? And when it comes to Christian prayer, it's not just coming externally into the presence of the divine being. It's, again, this intimate sharing of life already. So even in approaching God, in fact, even in wanting to approach God, God is already working within you. Some people say, well, how do I know that I'm going to be in touch with God? Do you want to be? Because if you want to be, you already are. God is already, God is the one who draws us to himself. God is the one who plants in us the desire for God. So if you have a desire, in fact, if it bothers you that, gee, you're not praying the way that you would like to pray, that's a good sign because it bothers you. The people who really aren't in touch with God, it doesn't bother them at all that they're not in touch with God. And they truly are separated from Him. But if we're bothered by the fact that we're not as close to God as we should be, if we're bothered by the fact that we're not praying as we, as we ought, just keep in mind, it's God that's giving you that supernatural desire to do better and to be closer to Him. Now, with that supernatural desire, what Paul is saying here is, look, you already have the Spirit in you. You were baptized. You have the Spirit living in you. He prays. God is always praying. Remember, you are this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're always in full communication and communion with each other. So the Spirit is praying in you. Scripture commands us to pray always. And we think to ourselves, well, how can I pray always? I have to do my work. I have to go shopping. I have to do, you know, clean the car or wash the clothes or I have to do my... We obviously can't interpret that to mean that we sit with our prayer book or our rosaries or our scriptures and we literally, every waking hour, are engaged in that mode of prayer. What it means instead is more of what Paul is talking about here. That we are living in the Spirit and by our intention we are saying, Lord, everything I'm about to do today I want it to be a prayer. I want it to be offered up to you. I'm doing it for your honor and glory. 
I want you to be reflected in what I say and do. Pray in and through me, always. And then in the midst of what we're doing, I mean, you don't have to stop physically in order to pray. You can be driving. You can be doing your work. You can be washing the clothes or cleaning the car and still be in communion with God. Not only thinking about him, but really short prayers. You're driving down the highway and you know you see a traffic jam. Oh, Lord, give me patience and give patience to all these other drivers too. Two seconds. Prayer can, in fact, be constant. And prayer takes many different forms. We can go in at a later time to talk about the different kind of forms of prayer, but there's one form in particular that is suggested by this reading. The Spirit Himself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. We don't know how to pray as we ought. Silent prayer, not even using words, and sometimes, friends, not even using thoughts. Just the will. You may be so tired, you may be so distracted, you may be so confused, you may be so unenthusiastic at any given moment, but if you just sit down and say, Lord, here I am. Don't have to be any other words. And just quietly put yourself in His presence and say, look, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. But I am here because I want to be in the presence of God. And so I am just going to put myself in His presence and, and just by that decision, understand what I'm saying, by that decision of dedicating that time to Him, you're with Him. And then you just let the Holy Spirit pray in you. Say, Lord, I don't know what, at this point what to say or what to think. I'm just going to sit in Your presence. That's it. So isn't that way, the way it is sometimes in human relationships too? You're just with another person, a close friend, a relative, a spouse. You're with that person. And there's like, there's nothing that you're doing together or talking about or even thinking about. You're just spending that time in each other's presence. Very valuable in our relationship with Almighty God. Listen, you can always pray. You may not always be able to pray the way that you want or the way that you used to or even a way that makes sense. Let me assure you, you can always pray and all it takes is the decision to pray. That's all it really takes. At times we'll use prayers from the scriptures. At times we'll use devotions like the rosary. At times we'll use formula prayers like the Our Father. At times we'll sit and listen as somebody else prays or praying in a group. There's so many different ways. At times we'll just meditate on different passages of Scripture or realities of our faith, like the resurrection or the second coming. We'll, we'll imagine these things and, and reflect on them. And at other times, like I said, and this reading always makes me think of this, it's like, Lord, here I am. Here I am. And that's the long and the short of it. Have confidence. Have confidence in the power of those moments of prayer. You know, this is very often what I experience in um, praying outside abortion facilities. How many of you, let me know in the, in the comments, how, how many of you go to prayer vigils out in front of abortion facilities? You know, a lot of times we pray 
Just like I just said, either with the Psalms, the Scriptures, the Rosary, or other prayers, I have various prayer books, six prayer books I've written, pro-life prayers, that we use outside the abortion facilities. There are many different ways to pray there. But sometimes it's just the presence. I am here. I know that there are babies here being killed. I am here. I want to bear witness for them, with them. I just want to be here because I'm here with the Lord and I'm here with my brothers and sisters who are about to be slaughtered. I'm here. Do that. Go in front of those abortion facilities. You may not know what to say. You may not know what to do. Go there with a group. Pray. And experience the presence of God there as well. Shall we pray for each other? Lord, we ask you to look kindly on the petitions that we have brought forward. Those that remain in our hearts. Those that may be expressed in the comments today. Give guidance and wisdom where it is needed. Give health and healing where it is sought. Give consolation in the midst of sorrow. Give gratitude in the midst of triumph. And Lord, give confidence where confidence is needed. Bless our leaders. Those that have gone astray, bring them back. Those that are on the right track, give them added strength. Bless President Trump and his family and his team. Bless America in our upcoming elections. Give wisdom to our fellow citizens at the voting booth and as they prepare to go to the voting booth. Bless all of us in ministry. May those who preach, preach the word faithfully. May those who hear, receive it clearly and live it faithfully. And may we all advance your kingdom of life. We pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we pray to our Heavenly Mother Mary, let's pray for all mothers who are tempted to have abortions and for all those who grieve children that they have aborted. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And before we say the, the final prayer of the glory be, I want to just mention that today would have been, today the 23rd of July, would have been the 90th birthday of Father Benedict Groeschel. And many of you know Father Benedict, and he uh, was uh, indeed a uh, professor of mine, a mentor, a spiritual, a guide, a friend, a supporter of Priests for Life. And uh, it's a good day to remember him and remember his, his legacy and his, uh, his tremendous uh, spiritual teachings that were so many. I remember going to the Holy Land uh, with him and uh, he knew all the, all the, it was amazing. We went to all the holy sites and the priests there who handled those holy sites uh, knew him, knew who he was. And we were walking together through the, the desert there in the Holy Land. Quite, a, quite an awesome experience. And I also remember the day in class as he was teaching us in uh, seminary, when he announced to us 
that he would be helping to found a new religious community, the CFRs, the Franciscans of the Renewal. He was a Capuchin Franciscan, and what happened was there were other men in that community who wanted deeper reform, who felt that they could not continue in their vocation unless they were returning to a more strict observance, if you will, a more radical commitment to Jesus. And I remember him saying at the end of the class, because at the end of each class he would look at his schedule and tell us if there were any changes in the schedule for the when the next class would be based on his being in a high demand for traveling and speaking and preaching in different places. And this particular day he looked at the calendar and he said, well, by the time we get together again, there will be some big changes in my life. This was in 1987. And he meant that this new community was going to be announced. And then when he came back that next time and told us about it, and we had already heard about it, of course, in the news, he was uh, at the point of weeping. And he said, uh, said, you know, I love my community that I've been part of. He says, but these men came to me, and I had no choice but to guide them in order to preserve their own vocation. I had no choice but to help them forge this new way forward in even deeper commitment to our Lord. Those were, those were unforgettable days, and now the friars of the renewal are flourishing within the church as a very vibrant and numerous community with a very strong commitment to pro-life. And Father Fidelis, who's a member of that community, is serving time in jail, not for anything violent or even wrong, but for peacefully intervening to save these babies. And, uh, and, the, and the community supports them. They don't run away like so many others in the church, like so many other groups and cowardly church leaders. They don't run away from conflict. They don't run away from persecution. They don't run away from controversial issues. God bless thee, friars of the renewal. May God grant eternal rest to Father Benedict, and may God allow us to absorb his teachings and follow his example. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, thanks, friends. Spread the word. Happy Lord's Day. Uh, Have others come to join us for these daily uh, times of prayer and scripture. And stay close to our ministry, our main website, endabortion.us, endabortion.us, our donation site, ProLifeGift, ProLifeGift.org. Please support our work. We rely only on people like you. Let's keep this mission going and let's save many lives. God bless you. We will talk to you soon. Years ago, I got to know Father Frank on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. He joined with a number of people with us. And I saw him as a very sincere, earnest young man. And I was delighted when he was my student in the seminary and he was ordained. And then I started to hear about his work with life. And I've been very pleased and amazed to stand on the side and see all that has been accomplished. There's no doubt in my mind this is a work of God, a work 
guided by the Holy Spirit. And now, Priest for Life has a large organization, a number of people working here, quite a large number, and including a number of priests. And the priests throughout the country who have many responsibilities put among their interests and care, priests for life. So I'm grateful, and I'm grateful to you for supporting this apostolate. In a way, you could say there is nothing more important than life. When there are dangerous situations, we call an ambulance. All the traffic stops. An ambulance comes to save a person's life, perhaps of a heart attack. Here we're talking about saving possibly millions of innocent unborn children. Isn't it terribly important? Isn't it of a great, great significance? And so I would encourage you, please, in your generosity, help Priests for Life. And I particularly appeal my fellow members of the clergy to support life and Priests for Life. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.